guys, and welcome back to the Sport Business Discovery, the podcast where you get to discover a new expert from the sport business industry every week. And uh, today on the show, I have the pleasure to have Matthew Genus. So he's the director of amateur hockey for the Florida Panthers. Just to present him a bit, Matthew originally graduated from the Slippery Rock University of Pennsylvania with a Bachelor of Science in Sports Management. So he initially have his master's, so that proves that it's not actually something that you absolutely need to have. And then uh, after that, he started an internship in grassroots marketing with the Florida Panthers. He then went working with the University of Pittsburgh, so went back at the university level. So if it's something that you guys need to do later on, just be ready to do it. It's a possibility. And there he was an athletic video uh, graduate assistant. And then he worked for six years as a youth uh, hockey manager with Panthers. And then he was uh, promoted at the, the director position. After that, he continued later his career and he's still currently um, the director with the Panthers. So that just shows how much sometimes you have to stay in your role and then sometimes you gotta wait for the right opportunity and then it's gonna come you gotta be patient and sometimes gonna get more time to get to those directors and the vp position if that's what you're aiming for so just be patient in general and just before we dive in more in the episode i just want to invite you to share like subscribe to it's really the best way that i can get the episode noticed It just helped me get uh, better recognition so I can invite even more better guests for you guys. So it's a great women ratio and we'll dive in in the episode right now. So um, I hope you're going to have a great lesson and uh, let's go. So Matthew, how are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm very happy to be here. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, thanks. Uh, no problem. It's a real pleasure to have you. And as a first question, I would like you to describe a bit more what is the field of amateur hockey for someone listening who maybe doesn't have an idea of what uh, this is and where maybe the implication, what is the working environment, uh, the advantage, disadvantage of the job, what is maybe uh, a bit of like a, a resume of what you get if you want to work in that field. Yeah, absolutely. So um, amateur hockey, um, you know, around the NHL, we're either going to be listed out as um, amateur hockey or youth hockey, uh, sometimes a combination. Um, I originally started as our youth hockey manager and we ended up changing it over to amateur hockey because I started to dive into, into doing stuff with adults. Um, but uh, the field is, you know, it's it kind of it's it's a little bit of everything. You know, it's uh, you're always you're obviously at your desk doing a lot of admin work, but there's a whole lot of times that you're You're out at rinks, uh, you're, you know, just doing physical labor, getting things ready for your programs. Um, even this morning uh, before this podcast, uh, my employee and myself uh, were packing uh, our kids club bags uh, to ship out. Um, all of our stuff came in. So it's you really get the whole gambit um, of kind of what kind of work you're going to be doing, um, depending on, you know, what if you're, you know, an amateur, you're, you're within amateur hockey or youth hockey at an NHL club, you know, all the clubs kind of do things differently. Uh, most of us are really in, heavily involved in the grassroots side, um, really just getting kids started. Uh, the, the big phrase that's always used is um, getting sticks in kids' hands, just giving kids the opportunity uh, to be able to try hockey just like they would baseball or basketball or football, um, where it's where it's very simple to, to kind of get started. And that's what a lot of us you know, really work on. Some, some of my counterparts around the league, uh, they get more involved in sort of the uh, upper level amateur hockey, you know, travel hockey. Um, things like that. Some of them coach uh, teams um, here in Florida. Um, I'm not really uh, concerned with that. My concern is absolutely primarily just getting kids playing, uh, making new fans for the Florida Panthers, making new fans for the sport. Um, we have a great um, travel hockey program down here. We have great AAA programs, but my number one and main focus is, is growing those USA hockey numbers and growing the kit, number of kids participating in the sport um, so that our ranks and our associations can then take those kids and keep keep moving them up the ladder. So um, it kind of changes place to place. Um, you know, it's a, it's a lot of hours, a lot of weekends. Um, you know, we do a lot of different events. So it's nights, weekends. It's, it's you know, kind of the whole game. It's everything you hear about sports, right? It's um, you're going to work a bunch of different hours. I'm going to have some slow times, but Uh, you said you with amateur hockey, and I know speaking with some of my counterparts, um, you're always going to be doing physical labor. You're always going to be physicalizing what you need to do for different events, but you're still going to have all your desk work and things like that. So um, I love that about it. I love that I get all I still 
you know, I grew up a lot of job, a lot of labor jobs growing up. Um, I kind of enjoyed them. Um, I was always a hustler. So uh, it was just like a grinder. So I still like that. I still have that as a part of my uh, professional duties here uh, now working for the Panthers. So it's, it's a little bit of everything. And it just kind of depends on where you're at. But, you know, it's just like I said, it's 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 being an admin. It's being uh, sometimes it's being a coach. It's, it's a little bit of everything. And so I, I take a lot of joy out of that. Yeah, right. Because also the physical work, because you got to set up your, your thing, set up your activities, get this stuff for the kids, some stuff like that, or even for the adults, it's even heavier. But yeah, a lot of things on the weekends, because if you're doing more on the kids, the kids are at school during the week, right? Um, yeah. So that's something that you got to encounter in, guys. But um, just to specify, we're going to talk more because... You can be new to amateur hockey at all level, but we're going to speak specifically for more an NHL team or for a professional team because you always have minor hockey who's more like coaching some stuff like that. But the objective of, of Matthew, like he said, is really to get as many kids as he can get to play hockey, to discover the sports of hockey. And after later on for the Panthers, you can translate that into fans and not only the player themselves, but people around them too so that's what's really interesting about it too um so if you love working with kids if you yeah, still love hockey it's it, it would be definitely a great thing at least to try and you don't necessarily have to to stay in that field forever but you can definitely try i was wondering do you think you need some hockey uh skills or hockey abilities to do it because they're going to do a, a bit of coaching or something like that do you, do you need something like that or somebody that not that doesn't know the the game of hockey but didn't play at such a high level or like didn't play uh double a triple a needs to you think he can do it or no yeah no I'm, i'm glad you asked that because as you were talking i, I actually wanted to mention that Um, it de it's going to depend on what, you know, um, different hiring managers are looking for at the time. Uh, so for instance, um, my direct employee, my first employee, uh, Leanne Judy, um, she's a figure skater. She's not a hockey player. Um, she did grow up in rinks, uh, which is really nice because we're in rinks a lot. Rink relationships is very important for us, but you know, for, for me, um, you know, I don't necessarily need, we got, there's, there's plenty of, of men and women throughout the NHL that work within this field that don't play. Um, because a lot of this job is logistics. It is setting up programs. It's all the back end work. Uh, there may be some times that you get on the ice because you have to, or you might just want to. Um, and that's great. But for the most part, a lot of what, what I do is logistics. It's building programming. It's doing all the back end work. It's communication. It's, it's everything leading up to the, um, either the, you know, the off ice clinic or the on ice learn to play, um, that then we then partner with our, with our ring partners, with parks and rec departments that, you know, we have people running the actual on ice portion or the clinic. Um, we have some part-time staff, but no, I mean, you can get into this field and not know how to skate. Um, it's perfectly okay. As long as you have an eye for programming, you have an eye for logistics and you're open and willing to learn. I think anyone can work in this field and grow in this field. Um, like I said, my, Uh, Leanne, uh, who works with me, Leanne's been with me now for, I want to say three years, uh, three and a half years, maybe even. And except like she's a figure skater. Uh, she's not a hockey player, uh, but she runs with our learn to play program. She runs learn to play uh, on her own. That's her program. Um, she does a lot with our floorball program uh, because, again, she's good at logistics side of things, communicating with families, um, being on top of everything. And that's that's the most important thing, because it's all it's all lead. it's months of work, weeks of work leading to that that on ice session that we have three learn to play starting this weekend. And that's, that's the thing that everyone's looking at, right? Like that's okay. That's the show is learn to play, but there is so much work that goes in the back end, and you don't need a lick of hockey experience to do that back end work. You need to be someone who's diligent, that's organized, uh, that's hardworking to get that done. So no, I don't believe that you need to have any, any hockey background uh, to work with youth or amateur hockey. Okay, great. And just a bit before, when I did your introduction, I mentioned that you stayed at the same position for six years before moving up. So I was wondering maybe how did it feel back then? Did you feel like, uh, okay, I, I, I've done it all here? Or did you know that uh, actually, did you even have the, 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 the director position in mind? Or were you more like, oh, I'm, I'm good where I'm at and I can sustain that for maybe a few more years again? Because I, I'm sure you love what you do, but maybe you had this feeling that you, you wanted to, to grow, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I wasn't, I'm not someone who overly concerns themselves with title. Um, to give a little bit back, more background on me, I came in as youth hockey manager 
to be perfectly honest, um, I didn't have a ton, a ton of experience. You know, I had, and I, you know, I saw your questions earlier. We'll kind of mention it later, but um, my my supervisor, John Colombo, is our VP of uh, Community Relations and uh, Florida Panthers Foundation. Um, when I was an intern, he saw a lot and he brought me in. So I came in feeling had a little bit of an imposter syndrome when I started, where I didn't quite feel like a like a manager. Um, and and it took me about a year, year, year to two years to feel like I grew into that. And from there, I just kept growing. Right, so. You know, while while title bumps are nice um, and they're great, and and we're all proud of them, I'm very proud to be to be a director. It's not something I focus on. Your title doesn't your title doesn't put a ceiling on what you can do. It doesn't put a ceiling on what you can accomplish. The respect you can get from your peers and your coworkers. Um, you know, obviously there hits a point for everyone where okay, you've been in a title for a while and you've been doing a lot of work and you keep growing and you and you want to see that title up and that's great, that's fine. Um, but it's not something that I would advise anyone to focus on. Um, respect and respect, especially in the workplace and for what you do is earned, um, like anything else. And I've worked with plenty of coordinators that are more respected than some directors. And that's just because of how hard they work. And yeah, they're in the beginning of their career and they're going to keep growing and your title, your title doesn't limit that. So I was always able to keep growing. I'm keep doing new things. When I got my director title, um, about a year ago, um, it didn't, uh, it didn't change necessarily what I, what I did. Um, I was still doing the same things. We're still constantly looking to grow and grow our programming, do better things. Really, the the main thing that changed was um, you feel you just feel more pressure. I mean, you're a director now, and um, there's a lot of pressure there. Uh, but even speaking to the the youth and amateur hockey world in the NHL, um, most of my counterparts have been doing this. I've been doing this since my eighth season. Uh, most of my counterparts have been doing this at least ten plus seasons, and you know a lot of them are managers, senior managers. There's only a handful of directors. Um, so I'm 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 now been put into a kind of a kind of a class that uh, can be a little bit intimidating. It's a, people that have been doing a ton of great work for a ton of years. And, um, you know, I'm happy to be there. But no, I never felt um, when I got my title change, it, um, I really wasn't even looking for it. Um, I felt comfortable here in the organization. The organization respected me. I continued to grow. Um, I continue to be given more opportunity, more responsibility. Um, that's really what I, what I want. And that's how you're going to grow. Your title doesn't, your title doesn't make you better. Uh, you make yourself better. And that title will come with it. Um, so I always felt good about it. I went into an end of year meeting and, and they told me, hey, we're going to bump you up to director. And I went, oh, that's that's great. Like, thank you. That's that's wonderful. I mean, if I was getting a title bump, I thought maybe senior manager or something like that. So it came as a surprise, but very, very grateful to have it. But no, I never I never felt um, like I was being held back or I should move on. I was always given the, the runway to continue to grow, to continue to rise up, uh, meet new challenges. I was always challenged. Um, I was the, on the highest our, our youth hockey department runs under community relations, um, but I kind of, my boss allows me to kind of run on my own. So uh, there's not really much of a ceiling above me um, in, ter- in that youth hockey space. So I was, I've always been given that opportunity to grow and better myself. So, um, and I would, and I would recommend to anyone entering the, the field, sports industry or any other industry, don't, don't focus on the title, focus on continuing to better yourself. Keep asking for more responsibility. The title's going to come. What's more important is that you're growing, your peers respect you, your execs respect you, uh, the managers, directors, VPs all respect you and they know you're doing good. That title is going to come, more pay is going to come, you know, and, and it's just important to keep growing. Don't let your title hold you back. Um, you know, never think I'm a coordinator or I'm a manager. So this is a limit of what I can do or what I should do. Um, always strive for more and, and all that stuff's going to come. So uh, no, I've always felt good about it, um, but uh, it's an understand, understandable question. But, um, you know, I've always felt good here, always felt respected and, and like I've earned my spot and, and, and it felt good to get that director title, but, um, was never, it was never anything I was, I was very focused on. When I first started my career. Yeah, I was the first year, two years. I got that job. I was like, Oh, manager sick. This is great. And, and it was, and, but as I grew and matured, yeah, I kind of re realigned my focus uh, a little bit. Yeah. I think this is really great advice guys that you just give there. And like, if you're at those big directions, also don't take like the big head and think, yeah, like, like you're, you're, you're the shit or whatever it is, you know, it's really important to just like focus more, like you just said on your work and what you can bring to the team rather than what your position or your title is. And that just shows that also, if you're starting at a low position, don't be able to just like, do as much as you can and 
maybe do even sometimes as much as like uh, the manager, the director, and then it's going to come later on. And when you get at those big positions, don't underestimate the, the, the young people too. And at the end of the day, the, not actually the young people, but the, the younger coming in. And at the end of the day, you all work together. So if you're, you're all just working hard and if you all like narcy like understand all yes your your position but if you come all together and you just like help yourself and you have a better culture in the department in general then it's just gonna be beneficial for everybody and like i said uh, like you said i think if you're at the beginning if you you're more like eager to get those position as time gets by you'll maybe mature up a bit then then know where it is and be like uh, oh i love what i do and just my title doesn't yeah restrict uh, myself to to do the things that i want to do or whatever it is and i'd like all to right. mention too if the, yep. with uh with all that hard work i mean a lot of people switch their departments and if you're if you're grinding and you're working hard other department heads are going to see that and if you have a desire to maybe go in another direction um, that's how you get picked to do those sort of things. That's when someone approaches mm -hmm. you and says, Hey, you know, you you work really good. How would you think about me coming over to us? And so those, those kind of opportunities will also bring themselves up the harder you work and the more people are seeing that. So I mean, yeah, it's always just a grind and always working and, and just, yeah, just trying to do your best at all times and, and the opportunities will come. Yeah, definitely. And actually, if we dig back a bit to your internship, when you did in, in grassroots, did this allow you to test a lot of things and just see how, like, how was it then? And, uh, yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, my internship, uh, that's when I met John. John was working um, part-time at the time of the team. He had a different, another career that he was, that he was focused on, uh, but was still kind of staying within that sports realm in case he wanted to come back into it, uh, which he did. Um, and then, uh, so yeah, I got a good feel for, you know, how to work in an office, uh, how, what the, what that internal grind was like and what, what kind of effort needed to go into it. Um, and then when I was an intern, it was when the Panthers went through um, their ownership change uh, for, with our new owner, uh, Vinny Vanilla. Uh -huh. So uh, yeah, that internship really helped and just kind of, you know, again, I never, I never worked an office job before that. Um, I was 20, 21. Yeah. I never worked an office job. I was very green to that. That was a, that was a new experience for me. Um, worked a lot of labor jobs and um, place where you can more speak your mind and you didn't have to be as reserved and make sure you're, you know, and, and not to say that like you're like to like you're speaking a certain way to labor job, just a different way of interacting with people. Um, and so it's uh, in collaboration. So uh, that was just a great experience for me professionally, a professional development experience. So, um, but yeah, it gave me a real taste of things, and um, I knew I wanted to continue down the path I was I was on. And what did you do back then, or was I guess uh, the the things that you did more often, or your responsibilities? Yeah, so we have a uh, a, a part-time, uh, we call them our Panther Patrol, our street team. So being in South Florida, um, you know, we're able to have outdoor events year-round. Um, so our street team goes to a lot of um, external events as a way of uh, getting the brand out there, capturing data. Um, so they go to, you know, 5Ks and, um, you know, evening events and different things where they're able to go out, uh, give away, give giveaways away, capture data. So um, I, did, I worked a lot with um, our part-time staff, the Panther Patrol, to uh, book their events um, get them everything they needed. Um, uh, we have um, out in front of our building every game. We have a uh, pregame setup with uh, different inflatables. We have, you know, inflatable couches, uh, inflatable hockey rink that kids can play in, um, slap shot, and then we have other sponsors and vendors out as well. Um, so I worked with our sponsorship team to help make sure that uh, people were set in the right places. Um, I'd help build our pregame map to make sure everyone knew where they were going. Um, so I had a lot of lot of work in in that with our with our part time staff. Uh, did a little youth hockey work at the time. Um, they didn't have a dedicated youth hockey position um, when I was an intern. That came uh, a year or two later. Um, so I uh, got a feel for that. Um, and I still work with our part-time staff a lot. Uh, Matt Smith, who is our uh, manager of community relations, um, him and Taylor Smedsrud, they run our Panther Patrol. They run all their events now. But I still have some interaction with them. But, but yeah, that's where I kind of focused on uh, with my internship. Okay, great. And after when you got back a bit to the university level, how was it back then? What did you maybe aim for with this opportunity? Was it more like your internship was done and you were like, oh, okay, I found this, let's try this? Yeah, yeah. So I um, I got back. Um, it was kind of 
uh, I didn't do myself any favors. I was looking for specific jobs instead of more so just trying to get my foot in the door. Um, uh-huh. One thing I would suggest to anyone is get your foot in the door. Don't think that sales is not for you or, or it's not what you want to do. Uh, plenty of people come into sales or different departments and get their foot in the door and grow from there. That's that whole hardworking and, and, and find those new opportunities. But so I, I was kind of limiting myself there. So um, I had this opportunity to uh, be a grad assistant at, uh, at University of Pittsburgh and basically basically putting together coaches video for all the sports except for football and basketball who had their own video person. But when I was in high school, I was really into video production and video editing. I oh. thought that was where my career was uh, going to take me. Um, I ended up kind of switching that up. So I saw this as an opportunity to kind of uh, bring those two those two passions together. Um, and I loved it. I really I really enjoyed that job, uh, that grad assistant job. Yeah, I don't have a master's. I do have six credits of a master's uh, from Pitt from my time there. But um, it was really great. It was a fantastic experience. Um, I got to work, uh, run. I was running um, ACC uh, wrestling championships um, were held at nice. University of Pittsburgh that year. So I got to run the... Uh, it was very nerve wracking, but I ran the video replay uh, for uh, the uh, referees who were doing the wrestling matches. So it was a couple of times. This is a televised event. They're coming over to me and I'm working through the system to show them the replay. And they're asking me things. It was a very nerve wracking thing for someone who was like 22 at the time. But, uh, but it was a great experience. I, I loved every second of it. I tried to after that experience there, I, I kind of dabbled into maybe looking to get a job in something similar. But that's a very competitive, uh, competitive field to get into in video coaching, um, especially um, a lot of those video coaches um, are more involved in that coaching side and things like that already. So uh, that's competitive feel, but I will, I loved it. It was a great experience. Um, it was a great year. I had so much fun. And it, uh, it's still something I think about today. Of like, oh, I, I'd love to do that if, it, you know, if, 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 if the stars aligned a certain way. But, um, but yeah, it was just a great experience, new opportunity that I wanted to put in, uh, give myself the chance to have. And, um, yeah, it was great. I loved, uh, I loved every second of it. Okay. And what was maybe the – the difference maker between this and working in youth hockey was it more opportunity at the time, or you you really preferred one instance too? Um, I definitely preferred uh, youth hockey uh, for certain, um, and, and then the, those video jobs just don't come up very often. Um, and again, they're usually usually teams know, coaches know, GMs know uh, of people that do that kind of work, and they bring in they bring in some they know. It's 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 um you know, not like the old boys club, but it's a, it's an inner circle sort of thing where like these uh-huh. people in video coaching, they grow and grow and grow. And I probably just wasn't looking at the right areas. I needed to be, I, at the time I was looking at uh, some pro sports. I probably need to be looking more at colleges and things like that if I wanted to take that path. Um, but no, my, my passion was definitely um, in youth hockey and that's, that's really where I wanted to be. Okay, cool. And if we switch a bit to the personal side, one question I like to ask is how we act as a kid. How the, does that influence later on your career? So if you look back uh, at yours, what is maybe one quality that you noticed that you had as a kid or as a student that you think helped you later on build uh, your career the way you did or helped you along the way? Yeah, so... um. I'm, I'm just a grinder, man. So I, uh, you know, in school, I wasn't the, um, the greatest student. Um, I was smart, but I didn't, I didn't do homework. I didn't do stuff like that. So I would, I would pass classes and get B's and stuff, just be, doing well on tests and stuff. So really academics wasn't my, uh, big focus for me until my senior year of high school, but I was just a, I, I just a kid that like, I played hockey, I played sports. I was never the best at any of them. I was always like, okay, but I loved it. And I was just a grinder. And that, That transitioned into when I started working at 15, I worked at a car wash for years and I just worked, I outworked everyone. Um, I outworked everyone at that job. Then I I worked a labor job for years um, where I was doing apartment renovations. And again, just main goal was to out hustle and outwork everyone. And, and that's where even now sports and this job is, it's, it's very much about just go, go, go and getting things done. And, you know, that's kind of what helped um, shine the light on me to John when he was hiring me. Um, was that I was someone who he knew that the position was going to need to be someone who uh, was going to work hard and just run through a wall. And he saw that in me. And, um, you know, I like to think that I showed that in my internship as well, that, uh, that yeah, I just, I hustle, I grind. Like, never going to be the smartest in a room ever. It's And that's okay. But I'm going to outwork everyone at all times. Um, and so, you know, when it might be something small that goes wrong or something big that goes wrong, I'm going to be the first person to jump on it, to fix it, to make sure everything's right. That's that's really what that's that's what I feel sets me apart uh, from from others or 
or what's gotten me. And, and, and every, most people and a lot of people, all of us really in this field, we all grind. Um, but, uh, I always just try to be that, that one step ahead. And, um, that's really made the difference for me that that was my attitude as a kid. Um, that's my attitude. That was my attitude at my jobs. I just, I want to be, I want to be the best. Um, it's, and that's what I can control, right? Like I can't control how good I am at hockey. Like I, my natural talent, I can't, I can't add on to that, but I can be the hardest working. I can be the first one in the locker room. I can be working the hardest through drills. Um, you know, I can, I can at least, I want to be the best at what I can control. So even in my professional life, I can control how hard I work. And so that's what I do. I, I grind. Uh, that's, that's my thing. That's, that I feel sets me apart and started as a kid and, and has really um, continued through adulthood. Yeah, for sure. And I think this is just a great example. You, you can see it in any industry, but through your work, you can get probably further than through just base talents. And to be honest, for the, I think maybe one or two years that I've been in the industry, I never saw for now somebody that was like, an absolute genius like everybody's learning everybody is like i didn't saw somebody who didn't need to do anything or any kind of work no, i'm not saying that's it but like that he worked but didn't need to like uh, learn some stuff or whatever because i think there's just so many new things coming in and so many different personalities that you've got to work on yourself and work on the way you're working so it just shows that Maybe if you're listening and you say like, uh, oh, uh, I'm not good, in, uh, or let's say even in hockey, uh, I'm not the best in hockey, I'm not going to be Connor McDavid. Yes, they're only one Connor McDavid. But what can you do is you can just work your way up to be the best that you can be starting from that talent. If you work and work and work, you will get to levels that you didn't even think that were possible to achieve. So that's really something that you gotta like keep in mind, and with that, like never give up. And again, like like Matthew just said, control what you can control. If like don't get discouraged for things that don't influence you. Let's say you get at a job interview, what you can control is the way you prepare. I don't know arriving at the right time. Yeah, the way you prepare, how you act in the interview itself and stuff. But after when they're taking the decision on their side, you don't have anything to do with it. You cannot do anything. It's their decision to make. And what you can do is just control what you can control again and prepare yourself to be the best as you can. But once it's out, when the interview is done, there's no need to worry about like, oh, will I get it? Na, 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 na. What you can do is you can look back and say, oh, what are the good things I've done? How did I think I perform on that? How can I maybe be better at the best? And then if they take you great, if they don't, well, you have, you'll have that experience in. So yeah, that, that, that's about it, Matt. Do you have anything to say about that? Or No, I mean, I think that's just it. Like it's, Like you said, you can only control so much and that like you talk about the interview process and you come prepared. Um, you try to ask some questions at the end, you do that follow-up thank you email. You know, it's those those little things you can't control that might make a huge difference. And and you just you never want to leave anything to chance of, oh, could I, could I have been, you know, more proactive on this, that, or the other? And it's just making sure that you're on top of those, those, those little, those few controllables and just always being on top of them. And and that's that's what's really important. Yeah, for sure. And speaking about learning, what is one thing that maybe you learn onto your career that you feel became a crucial or important part of your life um, that you learned through the industry? Maybe not something that is related to the industry directly, but maybe a, a soft skill or something that you learn and you're like, oh, I can get that into every area of my life. Yeah, I think it's just, I think for me, um, and I don't, even know if this is just really anything that's learned through the industry or just something you learn through life and through work, but it's taking, it's taking the negatives and, and building positives out of them. Um, so whether it's, whether it's personal or professional, it's not everything's going to go perfect all the time. We're not perfect and something's going to go wrong. And, you know, we can, we can move past those things and look back on them and just kind of feel negative about them. Oh, that, that sucked and wish it would have went a different way. Or you can take those, take those negative things that happened, learn from them, build off them, Make sure you don't make that mistake again. Use it as a teaching moment. And you're still never, you're never going to look back on that memory of that event that maybe something went wrong and go, oh, it's okay now. But you know that, hey, the mistakes are going to happen. And I learned from it. I built from it. And it's never happened again. And it won't happen again. 
So I think that's the biggest life lesson, professional lesson learned. And it's, it's really personal and professional is that you got to take any, we all get, we all get handed an L every now and again, but if we're, if we're building off it, if we're learning from it, you can turn that L down the line into a, into a W because it's just going to make you a more well-rounded person, more well-rounded professional. Um, and it's going to be, make, make the future easier. And again, like in everything, we learn from our mistakes. So um, I really, I really learned to take that to heart through my, through my work. Yeah, and I think also be ready to for those mistakes. Like they're gonna happen. Tr- yeah, they're gonna happen. Try to not necessarily plan, but when when they're ha- when they're happening, don't be surprised. Know that you're gonna like. Even like this is always better. Also, if you work a lot, if you're working a lot, you're putting so many into like so many actions in that some that sometime you're gonna get get a mistakes and maybe and make a mistake and maybe see it as you'll get it so you can learn from it as the quickest way as possible as quick as possible and then jump later on to to your next and then get after your next mistake if i can say so yeah that's definitely something that you need to like don't don't be surprised when they happen because you know that they're gonna happen and it's impossible that you don't make a mistake in your career like i said before there's nobody who's absolutely like a genius or absolutely perfect and just like rolls it all the way through you're gonna hit a wall at some time maybe it's not like even if it's not about this sport business industry you're gonna hit some walls maybe in school maybe not as cool maybe in relationship or whatever it may be but then be ready to just um get up and then get after the other and continue later on and then after you'll then when you've done all those things after looking back you'll laugh they'll be like oh this was this was just a small like such a small wall or something like that and now i've gone through so much then i can do so much better now and my challenges are getting bigger and bigger and now i'm i'm ready to take them on and uh yeah so definitely keep that in mind Okay, so for the next question, I was wondering what is maybe the best moment of your career? And yeah, after I'll ask him, I'll maybe go for um, the, the lesser. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so both, both sides of the question I, I thought a lot about. And, you know, there's a lot of great things that have happened in my career. And really, my career has been, it's been here at the Panthers. Um, so it's, uh, this is my eighth season here. I just, just finished seven full years a few weeks ago, um, which is crazy. But Best one of my career is being hired, uh, being given the opportunity. Um, you know, I, I wasn't probably doing everything I needed to be doing. Um, I, I know a lot of uh, younger folk who are looking to get in the industry now are very much more hyper aware of it. Um, but I, I wasn't doing quite as much as I probably should have been doing to get a job. The extracurriculars, the volunteering, just getting involved outside of work uh, to give myself the up the upper hand to get a job. So getting a job is huge. Um yeah, if I was, if I'm being honest, if I didn't land this job here at the Panthers, I probably was gonna, you know, retool, probably go in something outside of sports, um, and kind of, you know, figure something else out. Um, you know, at the time I was 20, I was turning 24, um, so it was getting to that point where it's gonna be harder and harder to get an entry level job. And I was being, uh, I was much more open to getting other jobs and sales and stuff like that. I've been on sales interviews and things, but it's just getting the, getting that chance. Uh, it's crazy. I remember when I hit a year in and it was like the biggest deal to me, like, Oh my God, I got a year under my belt. This is great. Um, I really feel like a true professional in the industry now. So that opportunity and that the opportunity that John gave me, um, gifted me, me meant the world to me. It still does. I'll never forget it. Uh, so yeah, best one of my career is being hired. I, I didn't even ask what salary was. Didn't care. Uh, I just, I won the job. And so, uh, yeah, easily, easily the best one of my career is just getting hired. Just getting, getting given the shot. It's all anyone wants to be given a shot. You might fail. Some of us fail, and that's okay. But you want to be given the shot, and I, and I was given it, and I'm, I'm forever grateful for that. Okay. And are you the one that is the type of, like, celebrating a bit those moments, or you're more the type of, like, because, you know, you got always, like, maybe this two mentality of, like, somebody, like, like celebrating a lot. They're like, woohoo! And the yeah. after are, like, more like, uh, oh, let's get after the other thing, or let's focus more on, on the next objective and that's the not actually that they won't celebrate, but that's their way of more celebrating, and they ju- just like use, I guess, 
the good feeling of, let's say, in your case, being higher to transpose to their next thing. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I'm definitely someone who likes to to celebrate a win. Um, I don't, I probably don't focus on it for long. Um, I probably, if I'm being honest, I, I probably should uh, let myself revel in a little bit more. Uh, but I definitely celebrate wins. Um, it's usually on a personal level. Um, you know, even just going home, being all pumped up. I do remember getting hired, getting the call uh, that I got the job. It was like 10 a.m. Uh, again, I was working my labor job. I'm at home. I took the day off because I knew I had the interview, and I, I actually got the call that that day. So it was one of my it was my third interview. I think it was like probably 10:30. I got the call, and I I opened a beer. I was so excited. I just I wanted to celebrate. I opened a beer at 10:30, yeah. drank a beer, and sure. called my boss. Said, hey, I'm I'm done. I'm coming to work because I was you know I, I was moving. I, <laughs> I was I was I needed I needed two weeks more more work to make some money to to come on come on down to Florida. So. Yeah, no, I celebrate the wins. Um, it's it's definitely more probably an internal celebration. You know, our department, uh, our community relations and foundation department is very tight knit. So even you know Danielle Jacobs, who's our found our manager of the, uh, manager of the foundation, um, Danny and I have been working together for six years. We're also tight knit, so we t- celebrate these wins together. Whether it's my win, whether it's a CR win, it's a foundation win. Um, we're a team. We're a family. Um, so we definitely celebrate those wins as a core group. But I definitely go home and you know just. Take take a moment to just feel proud and and um, but know that hey that's one thing and it's on to the next thing and it's uh, we live in the everyone lives in the present you know especially executives live in the present they live in the future they don't they don't revel in the past they're gonna patch in the back and on to the next thing to prove yourself so uh, but no it's important to take take a, at least take a moment to 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 give yourself some kudos uh, the wins are important it's what keeps you going so you don't burn out you gotta have those wins yeah yeah for sure and like don't like celebrate for for one week also like i'd say <laughs> exactly. like, don't do it too too much but take the time that is necessary for you to to get this feeling of like okay i did it and now like i i i feel like uh let's say express my my joy that i got from the event and now i'm ready to get on after the next thing and you just said before it's true um because i already know it but the audience doesn't know it that much uh, that you moved to to get to florida so how was this move and if maybe people are like wondering if they, if they should move for a job kind of like far you know it was yeah. just, i'd say a few few uh, hundred kilometers away from your home and uh, yeah no i mean if you're if you're chasing jobs and especially in this industry I, i think you have to be willing to move um and it can be scary for sure it was it was nerve-wracking for me um i lucked out um there were some people that i had uh a uh, young woman, uh, Casey, who I who I had interned with at the time, we had stayed in contact in two years, it probably been two, yeah, two years since our internship ended. We always kept in contact. So I let her know I was, got the job, I was coming down. I told her I was interviewing and stuff and her and her friend were moving apartments. So I was able to move in with them. I got really lucky there. Uh-huh. Uh, so that made the transition easy. But I told, I told our EVP of marketing at the time, give me two weeks, I'll be down in two weeks, I'll be good to go. And I was just going to make it happen. It's uh, and I made it happen. Uh, it was expensive to move. I, I got to Florida with 500 bucks to my name, and uh, you know you're an entry level entry level. You know I had a manager title, but I was very much looked at as entry level, and that's fine. And uh, so a little bit of entry level pay. It's expensive to live in Florida. It was a it was a grind. It was hard, but uh, it's worth it. Even my internship, my internship wasn't paid, and I came to Florida. I lived here for three months just on my dime, and that that experience is the only thing that got me hired in sports was that internship experience and. I remember I used to talk to people that were working here at the time and they found out I was from Pittsburgh and I moved down here for three months. And I, why would you do that? I was like, because I want to work in sports and I want to work in the NHL. And like, this was the opportunity that was given to me and you got to take it. You got to take the bull by the horns. And so, I mean, it's, if you want to stay in a, one location, it's, it just could, could potentially be more difficult. You know, there's only, especially in sports, you know, there's, there's a very finite amount of amount of opportunity to work in sports in each city. Um, and so, you know, you're pro- there's a good chance you're gonna have to maybe look somewhere else and, And for some of us, as we, you know, I've been lucky in my career where there wasn't anyone above me. I kind of was always the top youth hockey person within our community relations department. So I've had more of an open an open ceiling, but you're going to get jobs, you're going to get into jobs where for you to move up, you're going to need to move jobs. You might need to move cities. Uh-huh. So it's just, it's just something if you're going to be in the sports industry, I've been lucky that I haven't had to deal with that, but it's a very, it's very much reality for many people I know who have, who have moved on, who've grown from here who've done great things since they left here. I, I miss those people every day, but they made the, the decision they need to make to advance their career. So it's definitely something that you always have to be open to is is moving if you want to stay within the sports industry and and continue to move up. Uh, and it depends on the rates you want to move up. So 
it's just it's it's all a personal decision. But I definitely think if you want to be in sports, you have to have that realization that there's a good chance I'm not going to be working in my hometown or where exactly I want to work and just have to be open to that and know that in the future you can return back. So as you build that resume, you have more opportunity to come back. Yeah. And especially if you're uh, listening, if you, if you're in Canada or Quebec, that that's even more there because we even have fewer teams, you know? So you're probably going to have to, and I will probably move on to the U S later on because when you just do the maths, you know, you got one MLB team, one NBA team in Canada, seven NHL team, and that's it. And you, you, if you're looking at the big four, you, you definitely can find some opportunities. But if you want, let's say, work in one of the big four, they're all pretty much in the U.S. I was wondering also, was the two people that moved in you in your apartment, were they in the sport business industry too? Yeah. So Casey uh, was working for the Miami Dolphins. Uh, she was in guest experience. And then um, uh, Danae, uh, Danae Donatella, she, she worked, um, she used to be, she was formerly a Miami Dolphins employee. And at the time she was uh, working for the PGA Tour, um, actually. So yeah, they were both part of the industry. Um, both are out of the industry now, um, but uh, both very happy with where their careers have taken them and, and the sports industry helped uh, elevate them to there. Great. Okay, so it was easier to to I guess facilitate. Like uh, it's easier when you have somebody that works in the same thing. They they, they know get what it. you're going to. Yeah, uh, they get yeah, it. they get it exactly. And also, just like like he said, if obviously if you have a lot of opportunities, please take the time to analyze them to take the best decision that fits your need. But if you're looking for an opportunity and you you, you don't really have a lot then even if it's like not paid like it was for Matthew like take it because he he wouldn't even be there here today not only at this position but probably at this podcast if he didn't take this internship with the Panthers because he wouldn't be at the position he's right now um so maybe he he would st still be a sports maybe not but just you gotta capitalize really on those and you gotta really even if you're afraid you gotta know not necessarily like you gotta not hesitate that much to to this move and then if you don't like it then you'll be able to to like go back let's say to to your hometown and maybe find something that you is more i guess accommodating for you but you'll know it You know, you won't have regrets that, uh, oh, maybe I, I want to work in sports in my career. And I had this one chance and I didn't take it. No, take it. And after you'll be able to say, well, uh, I've tried a lot of things. If, if it's not something you want to do, if it's still something that you love to do. Then and and feelings change. Like I, I when I grew up and when I was trying in this field, my dream was to work youth hockey for the Pittsburgh Penguins. So I wanted I was a diehard fan growing up. I loved the Penguins, and I am a Panthers fan now through and through. I'm not a Penguins fan at all anymore. But <laughs> now people ask me, my friends will, I'm home, I go home in a couple of weeks to my brother's wedding, and my friends will ask me, like, oh, what job the Penguins opens up? Are you going to come come up? Like, no, I don't. I have no desire to work for the Penguins anymore. Um, you know, I'm here now. I'm established. Like, yeah, it's a, it's a childhood dream. It sounds it's great. It sounds great, and it is great. And um, you know, with where I want to be, the kind of work I want to do, you know, Pittsburgh is not necessarily where I, I want to do it. You know, I, I love what I'm doing here. And so that feeling's completely changed where, you know, a year into my job, it's like, oh, yeah, if I had that job, the payments open up, maybe I'd go for it. But no, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Florida Panther through and through. And, you know, I always will be. And, um, you know, so I'm, I'm just so grateful for the opportunity. And except so things change. Like, you know, I still love Pittsburgh. I, I, I'd love to probably live there again one day, but um, that's not my major concern anymore. It's like, again, feel, feelings change. Yeah, maybe it's going to change later on and in 15 years we'll be working for the Penguins. Maybe it's not that now, but may, maybe it will be. Or maybe it's going to be in other sports. Maybe it's going to be for the Pirates. or Exactly. Uh, yeah, or the Steelers, you don't know. And as we get a bit, um, I guess, uh, yeah, 45 minutes where you're, you're getting there slowly. But I was wondering a bit, obviously we have some tough moments sometimes so i was wondering what is maybe the the toughest moment you were going through and how did you get back from it as we spoke before how important it is to to get up you know yeah so i yeah i thought about this i don't i can't pinpoint uh like a toughest moment um or anything like that um you know if i say anything it's just like kind of growing um in those tough moments 
I, I can't pinpoint one, but it's just important. And any of those tough moments, a worst moment, whatever it may be for you, is to to build off it. If you don't build off it, then you've lost. You've really lost. But if you can take a tough moment, if you can take a take a loss, you know, or a worst moment, and you can you can build off that and learn from it and grow from it, then that's again those controllables. You've you've handled the controllables now. You've you're growing from it. You're learning from it. And that's the important part. So. I don't necessarily have a worse moment. Um, had some had some bad ones for sure. We all we all do. If someone tells you they haven't, they're probably lying. But um, but no, I mean any of those bad moments, it's just it's just building off them. Talk about the controllables and and taking those losses, learning from them, growing from them, make sure they don't happen again. It makes you a better overall professional in person. Yeah, and don't be afraid of those losses. They they're part of life. You cannot win. Like look look at an NHL team, you know. Not team has gone eight two and zero ever. You know you had some incredible season, but even then you're gonna have sometimes that you're gonna lose. And recent example, even if you're at, the, even if they won two cup, but even Tampa when they had their I think sixty win season, they 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 were through everybody. They lost in four in the first round. So yeah, sorry Tampa, but yeah. <laughs> For for that was a tough one, but then you're, you're happy because yeah, you, you you've done you've done your way after and you you, you won two cups. All right, so um, next question: Did you have a mentor or some mentor that guided you through your career, or you are more, um, or maybe even not actually directly in the sports industry, but somebody that helped you maybe take it in decision process, or that you like to ask advice for when you were juggling between ideas. Yeah, uh, it's my boss, uh, John Colombo. I uh, said so he's our, our VP of uh, uh, Human Relations and the Florida Panthers Foundation. Um, John, John's meant the world to my my professional career. Uh, John gave me the shot. Uh, he took a huge gamble, and the organization told him in so many words that this is your gamble that you're taking uh, on this guy. Um, so like I said, I met John when I was an intern. Uh, John was working for us part-time, just kind of keeping his – Kind of keeping his toe in the water. If he wanted to jump back into the sports industry, um, he had a, another career um, in, uh, in the health industry uh, that he was that he was currently doing at the time. Uh, so met John. Uh, we we gelled pretty well. He saw he saw that grinder mentality in me that 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 need to run through a wall. And um, when they were looking to hire that youth hockey position, and uh, and I put my hat in the ring. And I and again, I'd stayed in touch with John through the two years. And And I'm not the best networker. I'm not the best keeping in touch. Uh, if you're listening to this podcast and you're not doing that stuff, you're trying to get in the field, you need to do it. There's so many people looking for these jobs. You got to do it. I was bad at it. <laughs> I wasn't, but uh, I got lucky. Uh, but you're not, you're probably not going to get lucky. I'm a one percenter. But uh, John, he hired me. He gave me the shot. Uh, he knew that I'd run through a wall for him. Or he, he thought I would. He thought I would. And uh, I forever owe everything to John for giving me the shot, um, even if he wasn't my mentor after that. He gave me my opportunity, but John's completely, uh, you know, molded me into what I am really helped me grow. Uh, there were some rough spots. Like I said, I came in, I came into this job. I was, I was still pretty immature, um, really needed to grow uh, on a professional development level. Um, and he made that happen. Uh, he's given me every opportunity and John and I are very close. Uh, I was in John's wedding. Uh, I consider John to be my best friend and he does an amazing job of balancing that, that friendship and that, you know, supervisor employee relationship, which is not easy. It's not easy to have to have a hard conversation with a close friend about something they may have done wrong or something you want to see them to do. There are hard conversations we have, but luckily John and I both are of the understanding that we're friends and we're good friends. But when we have these conversations, they're just conversations that need to happen. It's a conversation that's a benefit for me. It's a benefit for John. It's a better benefit for the organization. And we're, we we all have we both have that understanding, and so he's done an amazing job of balancing that. That is that's not an easy balance, you know. It's it's not something even I think you could throw me in that situation right now, and I'd be able to do half as well as, as he does. But uh, no, John's always been kind of my my person. Um, he's built an amazing team for us. Like I said we're family. Uh, we've had multiple people that had to have left, that had to leave our, our family, uh, you know, for different opportunities, their husbands or wives, and. Um, you know, they all come back and like, yeah, I miss it. I miss it so much. Our, our group is so great. I know that I'll never enjoy my day-to-day -day work as much as I do now. Uh, when I, if, if, and when I ever leave this place or if, and when our team kind of starts to go its separate ways, because we're just so close and John has built that team. Um, John is, he's built up all of us were, we didn't come from anywhere else. We were for the most part, our, our core that's been here the longest, um, We 
weren't sports industry professionals. We were brand new. He molded us. He grew us. He developed us. Um, I would probably say that John is every single person in our department's mentor um, because I, I assume that he is because he's just he's incredible. Does an amazing job. Fights for us every day. Um, and I couldn't be more thankful to have John as my boss, as my mentor, more importantly, as my friend. Uh, so uh, he's definitely been the person uh, in my my professional life and and more recently my 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 personal life. That's how we're just so close and you know always talking, always there for each other, texting constantly. And um, yeah, no, John John's my mentor and, and will, always will be. Yeah, that's amazing. And actually, yeah, I never thought of that, but it's because like for you talk about like the the friend like but like supervisor but like close friend you know i never had that so far but i've had like lower a bit position so maybe it's gonna be different later on but that's definitely something that must be super tough to be and i wouldn't really imagine myself like in in this position just right now it's the first time i guess i can't even like manage somebody when i manage one of my friends but it's more like I give them like tasks to do, but it's like it's we're pretty much in both on on the same level, so it's it's a bit different. But I, I yeah, we would probably uh, probably be very tough. And yeah, what is also interesting when you have a mentor like that, guys, is that when he's taking a shot like he took with Matthew, you want to make him proud too. You know, you know that like he took a shot in you and. I I had this feeling that is really good of like okay maybe like everybody doesn't like isn't like sold on me that much but that guy was and I'm gonna make him proud by the actions and the hard work that I do and then it's gonna be also great for a relationship as as it was in your case. All right, so we're coming in slowly at the end. We have two or three questions left. So I was wondering maybe what's one thing about yeah oh that's cool one thing about amateur hockey or the sport in business industry that no practically no one agrees with you with maybe like a, a hot take or something that you have i think it's it's tough as a question maybe you, you don't have anything particular but maybe something that you feel that you were like don't, don't throw anybody under under the bus but uh. <laughs> no don't worry i won't do that i i thought about this one um i don't there's really not one i have the closest the closest i would say and i don't and i don't only because i don't know where a lot of people's heads lie but i would say that especially if you're outside of amateur hockey and you definitely probably, I would say you probably more than likely feel this way, but it's just that opinion that you don't, you don't have to be a hockey player or, or someone that plays hockey or uh-uh. understands a sport on a, on a tactical level to work in youth and amateur hockey. It's just not necessary. And I, I wouldn't say it's um a super unpopular opinion. It may be a little no, bit more than the popular, popular side, but, but I think it's something that if you're not in this, in this part of the industry, um, you probably think that you need to be a hockey player and you don't. You absolutely don't. Okay. You have an eye for logistics. You're a good admin. You got good organizational skills, good communication skills, and you and you grind. You can do it. You can do it. It's not. You don't need to be a hockey player to do it. Okay, and maybe it's more of a curveball, but what do you think? I guess maybe you can speak more about your hockey. What do you think the your field is going to look like in five years? In ten years, do you feel like you're going to have some maybe? technologies, uh, updates that are going to facilitate some things or you don't know that much? I think, I think my field, the, where we're going now is just, um, you know, a lot of us, you know, in the last seven years, we do our one-off programs, our learn to play hockeys, um, our, our school programming and things like that. In the next five years, what we're working on uh, collectively in the NHL and the youth hockey side is really just com- finding a way to, to web all these programs together. You know, we want our, our kids that are part of the floorball program to also be part of our kids club and hopefully do learn to play and vice versa. And we want, we want to find ways to properly and efficiently connect all these strands together so that, you know, it's great that, Hey, Jimmy and Sarah went through learn to play and now they're Panthers fans and, and uh, they play hockey and, and that's great. That's perfect. That's, that's, that's awesome. So we want to do, but now it's okay. We've done that. We've, we've all done a really good job of, of doing that. So whether it's learn to play, I learn to play or your school programming, whatever, but how do we now get those kids to cross into those other programs? How do we make a web of, of programming that we are constantly engaging these kids and these families 
Um, and that's that's really where the industry is going in, in the next five years. So we've done a good job of creating programming uh, across the NHL, um, NHL clubs in the youth hockey space. Or we're very it's a it's a tight knit group. Everyone shares their ideas. No one's hiding anything for themselves because we're all in this to grow the sport um, from that grassroots level. Um, but yeah, it's now that focus is going into creating these webs and how do we how do we show the the uh, the, the short term ROI on these kids. Uh, we all know that in 20 years, these are our ticket buyers, our, our season ticket members, whatever, but proving that there is short-term return on investment on these families that, hey, you went through Learn to Play and did your spending on tickets or merchandise or whatever go up? And is that trend continuing? So it's proving that as well. So the big the big trend, again, is, is creating a web for these programs. We're constantly engaging these kids, which also then feeds into that proving that short-term ROI and proving that these families are now spending more with us, they're engaged more with us. And, and we kind of do that um, as a, as a grouping. Yeah. And I guess with that, do you have a system where you, because I guess like a CRM system where your clients are already in and then the sales department can tell you like, Oh, 30% of your department, uh, department, but 40% of let's say, uh, the kids and parents that spend in your program bought Ali's uh, ticket for one game, let's say? Yeah, so um, we actually work with our business intelligence team that's um, been slowly growing over the last few years um, to kind of start to identify those things. So, um, you know, we're now we're now able to dig in and we're starting to dig into our, our learn to play, um, our learn to play data and trying to see, okay. okay, how many of those email addresses were already in our system? How many are brand new to the system? What were these families spending X amount of years before the program and what are they like, spending on tickets and, you know, let's just say tickets. Uh, what were they spending the three years before the program and what have they spent afterwards to kind of show and prove that, you know, hey, these families were spending money with us and they did this program and they were already in our ecosystem. But because of this program, we can show that it's that it's the, the trigger point that caused them to engage more with us, to spend more money, to come to more games, to buy more merchandise. So, We're now in that. We're now getting in that space of as our BI team continues to grow, we're able to kind of dive more into that and really and really dig deep on on our members and see where where they are and what kind of impact we're making. Okay, cool. And what is I know you you gave a ton. What is maybe one piece more of advice that you would give to a young guy who or young guy or girl or young professional yeah. who wants to start? In? Uh don't don't take my path. Um, I got lucky. I um I was doing I was doing extracurricular stuff. I was doing practicum work. I did internships, and and part of that was my my program, my university really really required that of us, so it kind of pushed us to do it. Um, but there were a lot of people within my within my graduating class that they went and did more. They did they did more volunteer activities. They did other internships. They went and worked for event services at arenas, and so on game days they were ushers or they were parking staff or whatever. Those are the kind of things that people need to be doing if they want to get in the field. Um, networking, you know, I, I wasn't the best networker. This was 10 years ago, almost. Um, and it was competitive then. It's so competitive now. Um, I'm, I'm one of the lucky ones. I got through, I did, I did extra work. I did, I did more stuff, but I could have did more. My controllables, I wasn't maxing out on, you know, like we talked about. And in, in today's day, in 2022, I'm, I'm one of those lucky ones. I'm, I'm proof that like, you don't, It's not all that extracurricular work isn't proof that the person's going to be good or not good. But even as myself, knowing my story, I'm not going to look at a resume. And if they don't have those extracurriculars, they don't have that practical experience of just volunteering at a, at a local community center or whatever, I'm probably going to push it to the side because, you know, we want to make sure we're getting people in that are motivated, that are doing the work. And it doesn't have to be a lot. Like I said, you can just Hey, you know, I'm going to do a couple weekends at yep, yeah, my local YMCA or, or boys and girls club, whatever. Just volunteer my time. Hey, I'm going to, like I said, I'm going to go do work some part time, you know, event staff or 50-50 or whatever it may be for a team. Um, just doing those little things to build up your resume and show that you know you've been hired places, and it might just be part time work, but part time work is extremely important. Part time work is the backbone of our events. Um, our part timers are invaluable. So. Y'all, that all that experience really means a lot. Um, finding internships, um, whatever you can do to just build that resume, because that's that's our any hiring manager. That's that's our first thing, right? I look look at your resume. Okay, the first thing I'm looking at is your job experience. It's great to see where you went to school and stuff like that. But I, but I mean, I I know from my experience, my what I learned in my program was great. 
but the real world experience is what matters. And you mentioned the NBA earlier, not having one. An NBA is great. By all means, if you want to get an NBA, go get one. In my my personal opinion, I'm I, I value an NBA. I'm not saying I don't value it, but I very I highly value that practical experience and that real real life experience um, that doesn't take as much time or uh, investment, both financially and and time investment um, to get. So. Um, definitely just do that. Just find those different ways to get involved. Um, like I said, well, even if it's, a, even if it's a, for a few weeks, it's just something you can put on your resume to you help do that you learn from. Those are the kind of things if you're trying to break into the industry, you got, you got to be doing, um, you know, like you, you reached out to me just on LinkedIn and just had a conversation, things like that. Um, again, I wasn't good at that. Um, but I still love doing it. When people reach out to me, I'm, I'm very happy to speak to anybody on my field, on the industry. Um, I'm one of the lucky ones. I, I work in it and it's great. And it, I get to live a dream and it would be, um, would be unfair for me not to pass on any sort of knowledge or advice that I might give. And it's not the world's best advice, but it's helpful advice nonetheless. And I, and I want to do my part uh, for everyone else. And, and some of the people that helped me even when I was in school, um, you know, the one, the one big reach out I did was to a VP at the Penguins and, and he wrote me a, a novel of an email back answering me questions. And, and that was huge. That meant so much to me. And so, um, you know, always reach out to people. We all, we all want to help. Um, so reach out to people. The worst they're going to do is not respond to you. Um, you know, that's the, that's the worst. It's not even a, you're reaching out on LinkedIn. It's not even like you're getting rejected face to face. Someone just might not no, respond to you and that's okay. Don't get it's going to happen. You got to shoot your shot. So, uh, definitely just go to that practical experience network, build that network and, uh, and you'll, and you'll find, be open to moving. You're building a network. Got to be open to moving to find that job. So, uh, just be open to things. It's um, be hungry. Yeah, I think it's great advice. And also, don't like, don't like overcomplicate things too. You gotta, you got Some things are more important than others, and that are in your controllables. I think that great message in general of all the episodes: just max out your controllables. Well, max out really, like you said, everything I can do. Whether being networking, moving. Uh, moving from a place to another to, to go for a job, uh, having good relationship, um, having good interview skills and stuff like that. But let's say even if you can take like one of those things and then master it out, it's going to be good. And then you'll be able to focus on the other thing. So don't see it like as a too, too big thing, but definitely uh, great advice there. And as um, the final question, we have a The question from the public, so coming from Eli, who asks, uh, what is your greatest achievement in amateur hockey? It was kind of like the, the best moment, but maybe something like more your, your your job or something that you did as a team there or like, oh, that event, uh, I was really proud or that one was particular because whatever. Yeah. So, so if I had to, if I had to really pick one, again, it's hard because they all build on top of each other. Um, it's a staircase. I can't get to step six without step two. Um, and so what might seem like smaller accomplishments really are the building blocks to the bigger accomplishments. Um, so going off something that's been one of the bigger accomplishments that's been built through those build, building blocks um, is uh, we started, it was supposed to kick off in uh, March of 2020. Uh, we got, uh, obviously COVID yeah. happened, the world shut down, but we started a uh, middle school floorball league uh, with Broward County middle schools, uh, Broward County is a top 10, top 10 largest school district in the U.S. I want to say it's sixth. I could be, mm. I think I'm wrong there, but it's, but it's somewhere in there right around that six mark. Um, and through our floorball program, through PE, through connections we made simply through being on the wellness committee board, where we were helping with concussions and funding concussion tests and things like mm. that for kids. The, the head of athletics, Sean Sarah, uh, was like, oh, wouldn't it be great if like we just made a, you know, a league? I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's everything <laughs> We've been building towards. We got four ball in schools to get kids, sticks in kids' hands, to give them the opportunity, to, like I said, to get in baseball and soccer and basketball. We're building all this stuff up all to get to building leagues and having opportunities for kids off of ice because ice hockey is extremely expensive. You, you have to learn how to skate. You got to buy all the gear. You got to pay your registration fees. It's thousands and thousands of dollars. I mean, you have a kid in, in travel ice hockey for five years, you've probably spent any somewhere between $50,000 and $100,000 on your kid. Uh -huh. We can do ball hockey. We can do floorball. So we started, we got one set of games off in March. World shut down. This past year, we had eight schools. Each had a boys and girls team. We had a regular season. We had playoffs and a championship. And it was awesome. Wow. It was our first league. And it's 
It's everything we've been building towards over probably the last five years. And it finally happened and it was, it was awesome. It's huge. And it's, and it's really where we're headed now. We want to be creating ball hockey and floorball leagues with our local parks and rec departments uh, with other school districts, if we can, um, this is where the future is for us for youth hockey growth. Um, there's only so many rinks. There's only so much ice down here. Um, while we're growing there as well, we can make the largest impact on kids uh, through these ball hockey leagues. We get them playing hockey. We make them fans of sport. We make them fans of Florida Panthers. So it's uh, all around good for everybody. Uh, gives kids great experience. It's good for all of us. So um, I'd say that middle school floorball league has been been my greatest achievement, at least my greatest recent achievement. And and I can't and I don't even like to use the word my. It's not my achievement. It's our department's achievement. It's our group's achievement because even, even when it comes to, you know, uh, Matt Smith and Taylor and, and Leanne and Danny and John, everyone, especially before I got Leanne under me uh, as an employee, we all, we all dive in and help each other everywhere. Uh, Florida Panthers Foundation has our, has their second annual stash dash race, 5k race coming up this uh, in a couple weekends. Uh, we're all hands on deck um, for that. You know, our whole department, it's not an amateur hockey event, but uh, Leanne and myself take part and we're there and we're helping. And um, so their team wins. So um, it was a huge win for me. But again, those building blocks, uh, Smitty used to help me do all this stuff. Dan used to help. And it's a it's a team win and it's a win for our department. And we're not a department that, um, you know, s- steps on each other to, to get up. We to you know make take that next step. Uh, we rise as a group. We believe that rising tide lifts all boats. So while it's a, it's an amateur hockey, youth hockey achievement, it's really, um, it's really an achievement of our of our entire department, of our community relations and foundation department. So uh, credit to credit to everybody. But that's that's probably the thing I've been most proud of in the, in the last few years. Okay. Well, great. Congratulations for that. And uh, with that, that's the end of the episode. Thank you so much, Matthew, for joining here and taking some of your time. I hope you guys had a great lesson. I hope that uh, you remember some few things, maybe that you took some notes. If not, you can maybe listen back to the bits again and uh, find what you want that is interesting and useful for you. And with that, I'll see you in the next episode. Thanks.